Good morning, everyone. Steve Parisi here with IBC Global. Hope the day is off to a fantastic start. So today we've got a guest that I see every day. One of our agents at our company referred to as Quick Draw here because she is ultra fast, way faster than me. And sometimes I don't know how. Samantha, Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. So why I refer to you as quick draw, um, and I think everyone does here as well, is from day one, you've always been very fast as far as once you understand a certain duty, task, whatever it is, get it off of my plate so I can get it done and accomplish the next task. Let me ask you something. If you have an overdue task or something like that, how do you feel internally? I'm not good. I really have to get it done as soon as possible. Otherwise, it just annoys me all day long. Gotcha. I know that feeling. It's, that's a good good uh, use of OCD. Like, I got to get it done right now. From a, a sales role or a business role, it goes a long way because in today's world, people want things very, very fast, ultra convenience. And having that it, it built-in quality will go a long way. And it, it has. You've done very well here from day one. How, how long have you been with the company? Um, a little over three years now. Yeah. Does it seem like three years? No. It, it, sometimes it feels longer, but other times it feels like it yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, but when you see how much everything has grown in the last three years, it's like, wow, we're here already. Yeah. You know, and it, it goes quick, but other times it's like, wow, I can't believe it's been three years. He, I, I'm with you. And, and I remember when you started, it was uh, you and Natasha started at the same time. And you guys are kind of on the front lines when we first made that decision to actually grow and bring in more full-time employees. And at that point in time, okay, two individuals helped out. We had some other staff here too, but we were relatively small. And a lot of changes have occurred since then. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. definitely a big change. Yeah, just from learning as you go from a business perspective. I mean, as I learn more, we keep on making changes, but it continues to work. I mean, the number one goal is customer satisfaction, make things convenient for them, keep the transparency there. And overall, we've seen that continue to progress forward, which is good. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. So what I wanted to talk to to you today about was not not about how our business has grown so much since day one. Sorry about that, everybody. (laughs) But more so... Your role is an agent here. So you're on the front lines every single day, making phone calls, having meetings with clients, getting material out, information, and it's a lot. So, I mean, from an experience standpoint, you see a lot every single day. And your role prior to an agent was actually our case manager here. You still have some duties there, responsibilities. And that that involves the application process, understanding underwriting, which helps. So when you see a case come in, you know, okay, if something looks off, I can inform that client up front. So it's good to have that knowledge. But on the front lines from people that you work with, what are some things or some commonly asked questions that come up very frequently that you see? Yeah, for me, I, I believe that um, what we hear a lot is all about policy design. You know, a lot of people will call in, we'll connect with them. You know, they want to know how to design a policy best for them, you know? And then when we get to the point of how much they want to fund, then we have to figure out, you know, how long they want to fund it. You know, many different people have different situations. You know, some people want to fund it for a longer period of time. Some people want to 
you know, have it short and sweet and let the policy pay for itself, you know, so it's, it's all about establishing that relationship to connect with them, to see what is best for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks for that. So a lot of times we talk about policy design and then how much do I want to pay, but really how long do I want to pay? Right. So, so let me ask you a question that I receive all the time. And if you get this quite a bit is someone will come to you saying, okay, I've got an idea of how much I want to pay, but how long Samantha should I pay into this policy? Yeah, absolutely. So what we'll do then is we'll work up a few different illustrations for them showing different funding lengths. You know, we may show depending on their age as well, you know, if they're younger, sometimes they want to fund it longer, you know, whether it's all the way up until retirement or, you know, until age 50, whatever it may be, but we'll show different samples, you know, maybe five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it may be, so that they can see all the options in front of them and see how the policy performs. Gotcha. So, so if I come to you and say, hey, how long should I fund this? And you know that the ultimate decision is, is not yours. <laughs> right. Completely up to the client. Correct. And instead of just telling them, hey, you should only fund it for five or 10 years. Because if you say that and then they want to fund longer, not fun, right? <laughs> no. So how you answer the question then. So if I come to you and say, hey, how long should I pay 50000 per year into this product? I, I like the idea of it. I am 50 years old now. I'm thinking about 50 grand per year. Like how long should I pay? Your, your typical, like how would you answer that question as far as over the phone and then kind of transition into what you said with the different options? Yeah, absolutely. So what I would usually do is just um, let them know that it's completely up to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's based on their preference, what they prefer, if they want to fund it for a long period of time or a shorter period of time. But what we do is we will show them all the options mm -hmm. so that they know that we're not just, you know, making it up for them. You know, we'll show them the shorter period, we'll show them the longer period so that they can compare, you know, the cash values, the death benefits, how the policy performs so that they can make the best decision for them. Gotcha. Answering the question with different options, right? What what car should I buy, right? If you're at a car dealership and the answer is, okay, well, what are you looking for? Here's three different models, you know, based on the price range you're looking at and make it very easy for them so they can pick the one they want. Yeah. You know, uh, and on that point too, because I know policy design on the back end, there are some things that you need to know as an agent to be able to set that product up right and if I just go in and ask a client, well, you know, we're going to have to increase the one-year term rider and the PUA piece, you know, by 18% in order for you to pay it this long, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it it, it could be complex. So there are things we, we need to know. Um, so if I came to you, let me kind of phrase it this way. And I said, hey, I, okay, thanks for the, the options. I think I want to pay 10 years. But if I want to keep going, let's say until I'm 70, because I'm starting at age 50, I want to fund it for 20 years. Do I have to make any changes when I start the policy? Do I have to pick one up front or can I adjust as I go? Right. So that um, does vary based on company yep. from company. Um, but what we would do is, you know, we would show them the options. And typically when funding it for a longer period of time, it does require a higher death benefit due to the def different um, MEC regulations and yep. things to be aware of in the policies. 
So what we would do if they wanted to fund it for, you know, 20 years, we would show them what the death benefit would needed to be compared to the 10 years. Mm -hmm. But if they wanted to go with the 20 year option after 10 years, they could still stop funding. They're not required to pay in for that full 20 years. They could stop at any time. Yeah, you you got it. So I can I can adjust as I go. There are going to be some changes up front depending on the company I select. You know, for example, um, I'll share a little bit of this because I know this happens. I think with a lot of your clients is with Mass Mutual, right? If I wanted to pay fifty grand for ten years, I can do that, and then I can just keep going at fifty for twenty years, and without making any changes to the policy if it's set up properly from the get go. But then if I said, hey, Sam, I like that, but I, I really like the flexibility uh, of Guardian, for example, or any company. We're not comparing companies. They all have pros and cons. But I really like their PUA flexibility. Can I do the same thing with them? Can I go with the 10-year option and keep funding it at the same level for 20 years? So typically you cannot do that. The right. reason for that is because the term router eventually will fall off around that 10 year period and you won't be able to continue funding that 1090 split or whatever the amount was set up for, mm -hmm. you know, so there are, there are different things that you need to set up in the beginning when designing the policy to make sure that if you decide you want to continue funding, it is set up properly to do that. Gotcha. So you design that product a bit differently than upfront. If I was really uh, big on guardian I wanted that option so providing the options up front on policy design because you're getting into to technical details but really also you're at a point where the client says hey here's how much I want to pay in this is what I'm thinking but how do I just craft it properly where I don't run into some issue down the road where you told me I could do this and then I can't right and typically, typically after that 10 years you can fund some amount yeah. it just wouldn't be the same amount so some clients are also okay with that as well, you know, paying something into the policy, even if it's not the full amount. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot uh, where some sometimes individuals come in saying, hey, like in 10 years, I don't want to pay anything into this. I better not be obligated to a premium. Like here's a lump sum I want to move into the policy over the next 10 years. But after that point in time, I'm done. But by the way, if I got some extra money, can I continue to pay into it? <laughs> which is which right. is a good good question. And, and yeah, go go ahead if you're going to chime in there because you can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, typically you can. Um, it's just not as much as the initial funding period that you had before. Mm -hmm. You know, if you set it up for you know twenty thousand dollars after ten years, if that policy was designed for ten years, you can still contribute. Just it's not going to be that you know twenty thousand dollars or whatever that mech limit was. C correct. Depending on the company, product, and design, all that good stuff. Yeah, very nice. No, th thanks for going into that. One other thing I want to touch on as well, because um, you mentioned this earlier, is the topic of different designs where people want to see different splits. So, for example, you know, someone can comes to you and says, hey, I've got a policy or I was proposed a certain split. Maybe it's a 30-70 or 40-60 with a different insurance company. What are your thoughts? That's what they um, say. And now you've got to handle that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it does vary case by case. Um, you know, what we would do is we would walk them through the policy that they had sent us to review, show them, you know, what they are contributing, what their insurance expenses are, and what their cash value turns out to be. Yeah. Typically, they will notice that the policy is not performing very well. 
regardless of what company it is. If it's not designed properly, it's not going to perform the way it should. So then what we would do is, you know, sometimes we can even show direct comparisons between how we would design that same funding and show them what it would look like if we did it. And then we would show them the different splits to show how it would perform if they went with a 1090 split compared to a 3070 split or 4060 split. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll do it with the same company too. This way it's an even playing field to say, okay, here's an even comparison. And then by the way, here's different companies, different options as well. Really what you're doing is providing more transparency so they can pick the option they want. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So when you when you buy a product, you know, and this could be anything, typically, you know, what's what's your thought process? Do you like to see options? And this could be purchasing a car, it could be purchasing a new phone, whatever it might be. Do you like to see options? Meaning, okay, here's what I want or no, show me some options, show me some different price points and then I'll pick. Yeah, I think everybody does. I mean, it's it's to make sure that you're making the best decision. You know, if you see something that's priced a little bit lower, but something a little bit higher has 10 times as more stuff on it or, you know, does more things then you know, for a slightly higher price, you're going to go with that, you know, yeah. so you definitely want to see those options to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. Correct. Correct. Showing that. So you seeing different options and then doing the same thing in your business practice. I mean, we've got that in our mission statement as a company, but doing that same thing for your clients, that's that's it. And, and I mean, honestly, that's where you can find the difference between someone who's very, very good that I like to work with because I'm going to get straight answers, bullet points. Here's how it works. And I'm going to get all the information versus one answer and then find out after the fact ugh, something wasn't there. Yep, absolutely. Providing as much information as possible is the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anything else you wanted to touch on today? Let me ask that because I talk a lot. <laughs> no, um, I, th- I think we touched on a lot of good information I, I'd agree. to let people be aware of it too. Yeah, and I, I, I fully agree. Let me ask one, one question because I think everyone's asked this question to their peers. How have you been doing since working from home compared to pre-COVID in the office all the time? I think I'm doing good. Um, I love it. You know, just being in the comfort of my own home, you know, Mm -hmm. shutting things down at five o'clock or whenever I'm done working. You know, I have my own office space in my house, so I'm able to shut the door, let my daughter play out there, you know, do what she needs to do and I can work and be very efficient. Yeah. I I get everything done that I need to do. I've noticed that where that's not an easy thing to do to actually say, okay, I'm going to keep on pushing forward or stay focused on my task when I'm at home. Like me, I can do it, but I don't like to do it. Like I I prefer like when I'm in the office, I'm in a different mode. Say, okay, let's go hundred percent until I'm out of here because I'm much more productive and then I can keep working home separate. But if someone has that ability like you, and I've seen you actually do it, so it's not everybody's going to say they can, but that's a different story. Yeah, to actually do it. I mean, that's that's valuable, especially during COVID, where I think a lot of people just in general, there's just been a lot of frustration, wanting things done quickly because everybody was thrown just off of their regular pattern, all working yeah. from home. Yeah, not getting out as much. And that that's going to that's going to cause some uh, riffles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it was riffles. definitely hard to adjust to, 
you know, because we've been in the office for, you know, three years and then all of a sudden we're working from home. So it was definitely a different adjustment, you know, and it took time to get used to, but now that it's been over a year, yeah. it's definitely a lot easier, you know, cause then you think about being in the office with, you know, however many other people are in there, you have those different distractions and you have people coming in, asking questions, you know, you can hear the other people on the phone, you know, which sometimes is a good thing. So you can hear the different things going on. But for me, working from home is nice. Gotcha. Yeah. You kind of like to be left alone. Just give me the job and let me get it done. (laughs) Yeah. Which definitely has its strengths there too. I mean, there's part of, I like that sometimes and other times like, okay, Hey, newbie, come in here and listen to this conversation. And I don't phrase it like that, but this way they get that experience, which is so valuable. And yeah, we've got video training, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. it's not. But no, that that's good. Well, thanks so much just for your time and such today. I know you're always doing a million things at once, so I appreciate it. Um, if anyone is interested in reaching out to the company anytime, you know how to contact us, but we've got Samantha's direct contact info below. Please reach out anytime. And Sam, thanks again so much. Thanks, Steve. All right. Enjoy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.